My biggest thing was I was watching the ending. There's a feather. Is the feather important or something? And then the movie started again, and there was a feather, and I was like, ah, okay, it was like a theme thing or something. What's up, everybody? It's your boy here. Today we've got Raiden. That's me. Matthew. Yo, yo, yo. Jake. Howdy. Ryan. I still don't exist in life. And me, Trace. So let me tell you about some shit today. I was going to Prying Eye to get some vape stuff. And as I got out of the car, my girlfriend was getting out of her side. A truck rear-ends us uh, because there was a sandbox in the back seat, and he could not see us. So that's the thing that happened. That's the story. The end of story. Did you die? Yeah, I'm actually dead right now. But you lived. I did. I lived to tell the tale of my death. <laughs> Just for you guys. All right, well, after that snooze fest, right? Definitely, that happens every day. Anybody else got anything interesting that they've done recently? Anybody do anything for the 4th? No, uh, I just went down to the riverfront and watched fireworks. I was doing something. I stayed home and watched YouTube. I stayed stayed home and watched fireworks. I actually did. I saw Jake's parents at dinner. Nice. Uh, I have my siblings over, and they both have very small children. So we got a pathetic firework display in my honest opinion but we just got like sparklers and fountains and stuff that wouldn't scare the babies because it's their first ever fireworks show so eh, them kids right you know what i actually did uh something uh during fourth of july i beat my brother at cornhole and he didn't take it very well so like 10 minutes later he comes like charging at me full force with a baseball bat in each hand with murder in his eyes. It's like the video of the kid playing ping pong where he gets mad and throws the paddle as old as older oh, brother, yeah. his brother starts cussing and stuff and flips the table. And this but the roles but, were reversed. But Ryan, did you mm-hmm. die though? Only on the inside. But you lived? <laughs> yeah. Nice. Well, Today, what were we going to talk about today, Trace? We're going to talk about our hobbies, what we like to do, if we do anything interesting enough. That is what hobby is. Yeah. The hobby is interesting to you. It has to be interesting to everybody. Fair enough. I actually like to collect hobbies. That's my hobby. (laughs) That's how hobbies work, right? If anybody has a hobby that isn't your hobby, they're wrong. Yeah. How many hobbies are you at, Ryan? Uh... 57. Wait, Ryan, if you're collecting hobbies, uh, what would you call a place where you would store all your hobbies? A hobby lobby. Classic. I was going to say garage. (laughs) (laughs) Hobby garage doesn't have the same ring to it. So, Graydon, what's your hobbies? My hobbies? Well, we all play video games, so I thought we could talk about video games first. Yeah, it's one hobby we all share. So. I would like to ask, what are your all-time favorite video games? Because my Ooh, all-time first. favorite video games... Well, hang on. My question. <laughs> my <laughs> all-time favorite video games would be Pokemon, because I've played it since I was a little kid. And I don't know. I just really like it. And I play it all the time. But also, I'm just a big fan of RPGs in general. And my favorite RPGs of ever are Skyrim. Um, and Dragon Quest, the 11, the new one, new-ish one. Um, that's the only one I've played. I haven't played any of the older ones, but I'd like to. But I just really liked the new one. I thought it was awesome. Ryan, you said you had um, some all-time favorites? The absolute best video game in all of existence, and it will remain that way forever, is Super Mario Galaxy, that released in 2007 for the Wii. No arguing. Yeah, Ryan is a Nintendo person, so all of his games will be Nintendo games. <laughs> I also forgot Fallout, but I really like Fallout. That's all. Jake? Okay, uh, I like RPGs, too. I like Skyrim and stuff like that. Um, also, one that I think I share with uh, Matt, uh, we used to play it basically every snow day in elementary and middle school, and probably some in high school is Lego Star Wars The Complete Saga. Yes, sir. We played it some on Wii and some on Xbox, but always 100%. 
by always he means never yes we always started a new game and told ourselves we were going to 100 percent at this time and then we did make stuff and get to like what like 80 some percent usually yeah something and then like it'd be like you know it'd be really fun if we started over and did all that stuff again <laughs> and then we did that for seven years yep uh, but like skyrim minecraft uh playing some cold war rocket league right now I wouldn't call most of those favorites, but they're just what I'm playing right now. And that's about all I got right now. So who wants to go next? I can go. I share a lot of the similar games with Jake, like Call of Duty, Minecraft, uh, Rocket League. I don't really care for much RPGs. I've been getting more into them recently, but still, it's kind of a, eh, not really my type of game. Hashtag ADHD. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> like. Uh, Pokemon's fun. I've been playing that since I was a kid. I play it much differently than Graydon, though. I don't use stat-changing moves, because I'm a Chad. Why would you try yes, to sir. Him? You can just kill him faster. That's why I always lose. <laughs> we lose competitive. It doesn't do damage, then why is it worth my time? The only stat we care about is HP and lowering the enemies to zero. Yes, sir. Trace, go. Well, I was trying to log into PlayStation Network so I can go on about all my platinum trophies. <laughs> it was like thirty nine, <laughs> but what are these trophies you're talking? About? <laughs> it had me choose mazes that the mouse could not reach the cheese to verify my identity, just to tell me my password is wrong. <laughs> so it's whatever. But I gotta go with classic Crash Bandicoot. That's um, a good one. Those are three of the games I platinum trophied out of the thirty nine. Um, That's the funny woe guy. Yeah, yeah the funny woe guy. Um, <laughs> Spider Man PS4. Love the story. Platinum Trophy. It was great. Um, God of War uh, for PS4. It was beautiful graphics, beautiful story. Plat- Platinum Trophy. It. It was great. Mostly those nice, compelling stories and player games. But I also like Minecraft. If I have to play with people. Which we force him to do from time to time. Occasionally. Okay, Patrice, what is your opinion on Roblox? Oh, I tried it. I built a mansion. It was okay. Kept crashing (laughs) my phone and Chromebook. It's not built for Android, apparently. So I'm going to have to give it a 3 out of 10. I never played it. I hate when a game makes my phone crash Bandicoot. (laughs) (laughs) Did your phone die? I mean, yeah, but later on, but unrelated reasons. But did it live? You'll have to call the manufacturer. <laughs> Somebody get Samsung on the phone right now. All right, Graydon, what's some uh, recent favorites games? The games you played recently that you really enjoyed? Well, recently, what we've been playing, we've been playing Rocket League because we play Rocket League all the time. Slowly getting better. Um, Very slowly for some. Very slowly. We've just got, well, I've. Just got back into playing zombies. I know you kept playing zombies. Call of Duty zombies. Call of Duty zombies. Um, oh, I hate us from that game. But I'm getting back into it. The new map's going to be released in a week or something. So I'm excited for that. like that game. Um, I, probably my favorite zombies would have been Infinite Warfare zombies. I know that's not a popular opinion. But it's just the first zombies game I played. And... It was easy for my first time playing it, so I just, I don't know, that's a soft spot for it. And then, even more recently, the new Wizards of the Coast game, The Dark Alliance. I've been playing that, and I adore it. I don't know why I'm just addicted to playing it. I just, I don't know, it's fun. Because I knew you well enough to suggest it to you. Oh, and Biomutant is an incredible game. Uh, The... Most amazing thing about Biomutant, in my opinion, is that when you look at a game like Biomutant and then look at a game like, you know, Fallout, uh, Skyrim, other giant RPGs made by hundreds of people, you look at Biomutant, you're like, well, it's missing in some places. But then again, this game was made by 20 people. And it's just like how like, I don't know, it's just so fascinating that so few people have produced something that's of quality to a big name like Bethesda. Like, obviously Bethesda games have their charms and they are 
better mechanically and all that, but Biomutant's not so far off that I would consider it so unplayable or anything. I just think it's really awesome. Love the game, love the story. Love being the little bunny man and using big swords. Um, how about you, Trace? What games have you been playing recently? Good question. I've been working recently. I play games like once a month at this point, but I still play a little Minecraft. There's He's a game been playing Walmart. I'm trying to think of it. What? You've been playing Walmart. I've been playing Walmart Simulator. Walmart Simulator 2. Fun fact, Walmart actually does have their own game on the App Store. They do. I have downloaded it. Yeah, you, bored. you stock shelves. I thought it would help me learn my job better, but I don't even work there. <laughs> I'm... It's like one of those where like you have certain like action points basically where you can do certain amount of stuff in a certain amount of time and things like that, right? Not sponsored by Walmart. Other superstores are available. That was last episode. Uh, yeah. We will not be doing that bit for the entirety of this series. Says you. I mean, I'll keep it alive. We'll bring it back on our anniversary. <laughs> but um, I'll play Minecraft occasionally because it's something I don't have to commit to. So it's the most... Despite what some people in the group say. Yeah. <laughs> so it's the most flexible around my work schedule. But I do plan as soon as the God of War sequel on PS5 comes out. And, you know, as soon as I get a PS5, if any of our listeners want to donate to that fund, <laughs> I'm going to binge play the entire God of War series because they're all available on PlayStation Now, I think it's called. So that's a plan I have. Also super excited to play Spider-Man Miles Morales. I know it came out like a year ago at this point, but PS5. <laughs> PS5. What about you, Matt? I haven't really been up to date with many games. I mean, just like games that have already been out that just keep updating and adding stuff. Like uh, I go back to GTA every now and then. When I tell you to. When Jake tells me to. <laughs> uh, Call of Duty. I usually the new ones and then go back to the old ones when i get bored of the new ones but cold war has been keeping pretty steady updates so it's not that bad i'm very excited for pokemon shining diamond and the other one what about the yeah, legends it's, arceus uh, i'm not as excited for that one surprisingly i'm actually arceus. i think that's just going to be okay but the gen 4 remake oh immaculate are those the names of the Gen 4 remakes? It's Shining um, Diamond and something Platinum. Shimmering. Um, Shimmering. Shimmering. Shimmering, yeah. And Brilliant Diamond. I is do. Brilliant Diamond? I don't remember. I do think, I think that's Legends Arceus is going to be Shining mild Diamond. trash. I think it's going to be the first step toward the inevitable, amazing open world Pokemon game that at least I've been hoping for since like 2003. I, I think it'll be a good change of pace. Because, like, they always have their spin-off games. But, like, the last one that I thoroughly enjoyed and would, like, play more than the literal Pokemon main games is Pokemon, Pokemon Conquest oh. and Ranger. But I think Conquest... No, because Ranger was on DS, so it was more recent. But Pokemon Conquest was awesome. And so was um, Pokemon Ranger. Those were, like, the two big ones that were really good that a lot of people liked. And then all the other ones are just crap little, oh, you're a toy Pikachu now. It's like, whatever. you taking pictures, well, Pokemon. Well, with um, Arceus Legends, I think that's being developed by a different studio than the main title once. Someone other than Game Freak. No, the, the remakes are by a different company. Oh, but is Legend of Arceus by Game Freak? Not sure on that one. But I know the remakes were by a different company because that's why everybody made the big buzz about the art style. Yeah, I knew that too. I, I'm not opposed to the art style. I'm really not. Because really, it, I, it's a Pokemon game and it's a remake of a 2D one with 3D graphics. And even back then, the original Gen 4 games kind of had chibi models. So... It's essentially what the game would have looked like if it had used 3D models back then. There was one game that uh, Matt and I played a lot on the Wii. It was a Pokemon game uh, called Pokemon Revolutions. 
It was pretty fun. It was basically only the battles part of a regular Pokemon game and none of the bothering with the story. It's basically a massive uh massive turn like the if you endless final four is how I would describe it. Yeah. That's accurate. Yeah, and you could take any game that was a Pokemon game made before this game was made. Like I don't think it would accept Pokemon that were created after it. Like you could take your Heart Gold, Soul Silver, Diamond, and Pearl. Yeah, and you take all those. Export you, those Pokemon onto the Wii game. Yeah, everything in your party and in your box from that game, no matter how developed you are, or how many uh, game sharks you used, <laughs> and you could send successfully all or unsuccessfully. <laughs> yeah, you could put that in there. Did you ever play Poke Park on the Wii? I did not. I also did not. I didn't, but I always wanted to. Stupid. It was awesome. Actually, I I used to watch like uh, Let's Play videos on YouTube of Poke Park, and I remember just wanting it so bad, but I never got it. I played it, and like the only downside was you could only be Pikachu; you couldn't be any of your favorites or anything. But in the second, oh, one, you be you like the others or the Gen Five starters? Um, but couldn't essentially, you be like the other Pokemon uh, um, during the mini games. I don't I don't quite remember. It was a while ago. But essentially it was so cool because instead of having the turn pace turn based combat, right? You still had all your moves and stuff on different buttons, but it was real time combat and you had free movement. So you could just straight up like get good and never get hit in an entire battle and then just body something for no reason other than you felt like it. So it was like Tekken almost. Mm, mm, more like I want to say Breath of the Wild, but that's not quite right. But like that movement, it'd be more like anywhere you want. You can just run away from it and go fight something else. Like, like Dauntless. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, but like, fighting wasn't the main objective of the game. The whole thing was going around and making friends. Yeah, but I didn't pay any attention to that. (laughs) (laughs) You make friends by (laughs) beating them into submission. You did sometimes. (laughs) That's how great made friends. I'm excited uh, back to the open world Pokemon game. Uh, I play, I'm one of the few in the group that plays a lot of PC Minecraft, which means I play a lot of modded Minecraft. And one of my favorite mods is Pixelmon, where you're basically playing Pokemon in Minecraft. And it's very open world, very free roaming. Um, it is a little janky sometimes because it's them trying to make Minecraft into Pokemon and it doesn't always translate well. So if uh, Game Freak can do that, but Pokemon, that would be the perfect game, I think. Yeah, it has a lot of potential. Yeah. Speaking of Pokemon, I've actually been playing the new Pokemon Snap game a whole lot. And it's probably the best looking Pokemon game um, so far. Okay, Just... well, we've been talking about Pokemon for a while. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot to talk about. Yeah. There's like 900 of those little sounds of interest. You gotta, you gotta catch them all so you can talk about them all. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. I think we talked about video games for a while too. Uh, some other things that a few of us are involved in is sports, even if it's less so now than it was when we were in high school. So it's this very much less start. so. Yes. Does someone want to start talking about sports? You start. Okay. I'll start. <laughs> um, I know how to play basketball, but I haven't played that since elementary, so I don't think that would count. My main sport, as well as two other people here, is soccer. We played, I played, and apparently so did Graydon. Uh, we played from like three, four ish. I was three. We were very, very small until we graduated high school. The ball was actually bigger than them. Sometimes, <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, the ball. Yeah, we played. A few of us played soccer pretty much our whole lives, and I'm still trying to play soccer. I'm looking for groups around the local area. Also, played technically been on a football team for a very short time as well <laughs> as Graydon. A few times we said, eh, we can do football. We got time. And then we did not make it through the summer. Oh, there's more to that. I'll get to that. Yeah, I'm going to let you take care of that. You're a lot more emotional than that. Uh, but that soccer is pretty much the summary of my sports. So, someone else want to go in it? Well, yeah, I'll go. Yeah, that's because um, 
Well, let's see. When I was very small, I played t-ball and I played soccer. Never really stuck with baseball. I don't know. I wasn't that good at it, and I didn't like it that much. So I just kept playing soccer, and I did taekwondo for a little bit in elementary school, but like I just did that when I was a kid. I didn't really keep with that either. The only thing I really kept with was soccer. And when I was in high school, I got really into it, and I played for three different teams at the same time because I was playing for my high school team, and I was playing for two different travel teams. Um, I was very busy, um, basically always playing soccer. It was awesome. But the thing that Jake was talking about with the football team, essentially, our high school football team stuck bad. Like, the year after we graduated, I think, they won one game against the worst team in the region, and that broke, like, a 13-year losing streak or something ridiculous like that. I'm not sure on the numbers exactly, but they were not good. And We have no reason to believe they're any better right now. <laughs> essentially, what was happening at the time was the soccer team was doing really well, and we'd made it to state for the first time. No, that was our senior year. We we yeah. almost made it to state. We made it to regionals our junior year. Our senior year was the first time we made it to state, but this happened our junior year because a lot of the football players were really good athletes, but they were just playing for a really crap team. So there was a bunch of them that switched over to the soccer team because the soccer team was performing and, you know, doing good. And there were teams that switched. There were players that switched to basketball and other stuff as well because most of our sports teams weren't that bad. Um, but the football team was horrendous. And the kids that did stay on the football team decided, well, well, we're the football team, so all these other teams, they're just pansy teams. They just play pansy sports. They don't play football. And so there was a whole bunch of kids that were like, yeah, okay, and uh, decided to join the football team just to show them up. And that included me and Jake, but it was honestly so pathetic I couldn't stay. We We went to practice for two months. And the first, like, month and a half was weightlifting. And it's like, you know, that's fine. That's a football team. You got to get big. Yeah. So I didn't have any problems with that. The problem was after we did a month and a half of weightlifting, we ran for the first time ever for that whole summer. And all we did was run up the bleachers at the high school football field three times and back down. That was it. And everyone that played football was practically dying. It was sad it was very very sad in in their defense you and i were very in shape because we were also doing soccer conditioning at the same time where we actually you know ran it's still up the stairs three yeah. times yeah it was kind of pathetic but it was a little exaggerated from our point of view because we were waiting for the next whistle to blow expecting them to be like, all right next time go. yeah now's the time for the rest of your three and a half miles yeah, that was that was the warm-up <laughs> anyways so we were like, okay, that's pretty sad, but maybe it'll get better. So we stuck around for one more week after a week of pathetic running. And that's when we did drills. And the drills weren't bad drills, but they consisted of about three people doing the drills and the other 60 people just sitting there watching them. And I was over it at that point. I was like, I'm not coming back to this. This is stupid. I think that was a big part of why the team usually sucks is because they only have two or three good players that actually know how to play. They have plenty that have potential, but they just aren't being coached in a way where they can do anything. Yeah, each of our four years of high school, there were four different football coaches. Yeah. I'd like to take a moment and point out, do you all remember that one uh, assembly uh, during high school? I think it was like our junior or sophomore year where the football coach called literally every boy in high school and begged us to join the football team. Yeah, that did happen. That did happen. Literally just like going, oh, it'll be so awesome, you know, just coming off the bus to away games and having this massive team come out. Just think of how intimidated the other team will be. And I'm looking around the entire auditorium and I'm just thinking to myself, half of these people, more than half of these people Aren't football players? Yeah, yeah, it was not a good, not a very successful situation. There. The most ironic thing about the football team at our high school is that they were so so bad, and yet they still got all of the attention. Yeah, and like, all the money. the The one time the basketball team got attention instead of the football team 
was because they went to state. And the one, and we hardly, we would get like a passing mention at the, uh, like assemblies for the soccer team. But the football team would have like a whole segment in the assembly just dedicated to asking everybody to come watch their next game where they lose like 65 to nothing. Do you want to know the dumb reason why we started getting uh, at least mentioned by the principal? Why? Um, because when I, it was after we had won a huge game and no one had ever heard about it at school afterwards. I was just venting, ranting, really, to my parents about it while we were out to dinner or something, saying that no matter how good we do, we never get announced or anything. And then the principal tries to sell the loss of the football team for the week as not that bad or something. So then my parents went to to somebody in front office because they know people there, I guess. Then the principal started announcing it. Good on you, Jake. That's the only reason we started getting... Things. I didn't even do it on purpose. And it was only because he was getting complained directly to by his parents. Chase, how was your experience with sports? Yeah. <laughs> when I was young, I had so many plans. I was going to do like baseball, martial arts, this and that. I tried to do archery one point in high school. Every single time, my mom's like, we don't have time or money for that. So the one thing I did manage to do was seventh grade track and field. And it only lasted seventh grade because I went back eighth grade and they were like, do you have any health issues? I was like, yeah, I've had a heart problem since I was like six. And they were like, and they let you do this last year? Get out of here. So I did one year of track and field. And there's not much to say from that, except the coach kept having me do long distance, even though I made it very clear I was a sprinter and I almost died many times. But I do have one funny story I'd like to share while I have the speaking role. It was after I did a long distance two lap after saying I cannot do that. I have very bad stamina. My lungs and heart will shrivel up and die. But they live, though. And the most healthy food they can give us before a track meet is pizza. And of course, they did that. And soda. My stomach was full of grease and carbonation. And I ran two full laps right out the gate. This kid tried to one up me. So I dead bolt sprinted and my legs locked up at that speed. And I went full force the entire two laps. Came to a dead stop, which is not how you should do things. And I was like, I don't feel so good. And I ran to the bathroom, got over the toilet bowl. I was sitting there and I was like, you know, I think I'm okay. I don't think I'm going to throw up. And I look up and on the back of the toilet, not in the bowl, not on the seat, even just on the back of the bowl is this giant piece of orangutan looking. (laughs) It had anything that can make it through your body without being digested properly. It had it all in there. And I heaved. You're like, oh, this isn't so bad. Oh, poop. (laughs) Yeah. Are we going to make a vomit noise every podcast? (laughs) Probably at some point. Matt, you tried to join soccer once, right? Uh, Yeah. yeah. (laughs) I'll I'll get there. So when I was three or four, I started playing t-ball. And I was like, yep, this is it. This is my sport. So I was pretty good at it. So then I played Little League. And then I got to high school, and I'm like, I'll join the baseball team. And they're like, huh, you have to try out. And I said, No. And stop playing sports altogether. But I still, uh, like, if my friends or something, they want to play something casual, like toss football around or kick a soccer ball or whatever, I won't say no. You'll just say no to running. Yeah, I just like running. He makes us chase it. No matter what happened, no matter whose fault it is, someone else has to chase it. I played basketball in elementary school. Against you. Against Jake. Yeah. Lost every game. Even the ones that weren't against Jake. Yes. We still lost every game. Yeah, because back then uh, he was very small. I was quite small, and I was very big. I was fairly small until about junior year in high school, when I had seventeen-inch growth spurt. Mm-hmm. Not exactly, but pretty close. That's a, that's a hyperbole. <laughs> it's a hyperbole. It's somewhere. Yes, it's not the Super Bowl. It's the hyperbole. foot. <laughs> and then uh, in middle school, all my friends played soccer, so I was like, I guess I'll try out for the soccer team. All of them. And then. And then on the first practice, we ran, like, I don't know, it was probably a mile or so. It's It was a thing in middle school. It wasn't even a mile. So the soccer team, 
it's soccer. So we had to do like a crap ton of running, right? Yeah. And in middle school, they have a thing. It, I don't know. Everybody hides it up. So like it's the, it's trail. Called the trail. That's what it's called. Yeah. It's mainly a thing to scare sixth graders. The time yeah. It's a pretty much, archery course. Pretty much. Um, and then in high school, we had a thing called the hill, which is just the hill up to the parking lot. And we had to run up and around the flagpole and back down. I have no idea how long it was in middle school. But I know in high school it, it was, was a five k plus. It was a, it was over five k. It was like three point seven miles. And in we high school we did that and then did practice for an hour every day. Yeah, back yeah. To, so back in to the back to middle school, we ran the trail, and I got everyone passed me. I was just kind of walking at that point because I was like, I'm not coming back to this. <laughs> and so right at the end, I'm like, eh, they won't miss me for most of the practice. So I just sat down and just kind of chilled. And then when I got back, I told everybody I blacked out. <laughs> what the, the extent of my soccer career right um so like most of the other people i kind of started out with t-ball i did that for like maybe two three years back in elementary school but the two sports that i uh stuck around with up throughout high school was soccer and taekwondo so it was me, Graydon, and Jake. We were the soccer trio of the friend group. Um, but uh, with Taekwondo, I think I actually started doing that before I played soccer. I started doing uh, Taekwondo back in third grade. Um, and the entire reason I joined, um, I had this, I think it was a Power Ranger VHS. And it was like a martial art video uh, taught by the original Green Ranger. And I got very invested into it. My little seven-year-old mind couldn't handle it. And my parents saw that and decided that I should join an actual martial arts group. And I did that, I want to say, up to halfway through senior year. Um... And I got really close to getting my black belt. I was the belt below it. Um, but then things uh, got busy trying to figure out stuff for college and everything. So I just kind of left it at that. But being in Taekwondo did create at least one very interesting story that Matthew and Trace know about. So forever, uh, in third grade, I joined a Taekwondo group uh, in our hometown, uh, all because I started watching some Power Rangers VHS. And I stuck with it up through, I want to say, halfway through senior year of high school. And I got really close to getting my black belt. I was the belt below it, which was for that Taekwondo studio, that was the blue belt. And you know, maybe one day I'll go back and try and actually commit and get the black belt. That way, that can be something that's like, hey, I got a black belt. Um, but being in Taekwondo did give me a really interesting story that uh, Matthew and Trace actually experienced. It was at one of my church's lock-in events, and uh, we had gotten my Taekwondo instructor to come for an hour to just teach some basic stuff to some of the people there during the lockout. And I had invited Matthew and Trace uh, to come hang out that night. Um, and I can't remember who it was, but someone during that time picked me up and was like, all right, uh, if you're in Taekwondo, try and get out of this. I don't exactly remember what happened, but the way... Grace and Matthew described it. I just kind of swung around this person and they quoted me being a spider monkey. That is accurate. Yes. You weren't there. I weren't there. I've, I've been around when we called a spider monkey. Not on this story. I'm sorry, Ryan. I kind of stopped listening. We called you a spider monkey at soccer. Because I'm actually hashtag ADHD. I would like to share this story while you mentioned the lockdown. Just because it popped in my mind and I find it entertaining. We played a game of hide and seek at this lockdown. 
And lock in. What? Same thing. Lock in. Um, lock in. Whatever. And Matthew and I had the greatest idea ever to hide under the pews. And the kid that was seeking dropped down right in front of me, looked me in the eye, and was like, aha, and then got up, went around, and got down and got Matthew. And I ended up winning that round of hide-and-seek. And I don't know how he saw Matthew through me without seeing me. But that that's that's it. It was pretty lame. It's pretty great. <laughs> I liked it. But uh, speaking of soccer, I kind of had my own thing going on in soccer. It was called getting hit in the head a lot. Head magnet, ball magnet. That's what it was. Um, head magnet. What was it? What was it? Ball a, Your head was a ball <laughs> magnet. That's what it was. Was it a game during eighth grade? Um, where I got hit in the head so hard that I essentially flew up in the air, landed on my back, and just kind of rolled over onto my stomach. I don't remember that, but I don't remember middle school. Somebody did that to Jake with their body, and then I put them out of commission for the game. Yeah, he abandoned me. Didn't you do that like many games, though? I did that a lot. We did that for each other when we were, when we were capable. <laughs> we had about the same temper at soccer. Yeah, the soccer team freshman year of high school was very different than the senior year. Matthew, talk about board games. Board game! So something else that we all like to do as a group is we'll get together and we'll play board games. And like when I think about it abstractly, I don't generally think, oh yeah, we play a lot of board games. But then I think about how we spend an entire week every year with board games as essentially our only source of entertainment and have no issues. Um, so yeah, I feel like we really like board games, um, cause we play them Brayden, a good bit. Brayden, I think you're being a little too general when you say board games. I think you mean board game. Yeah, we do we have, have board game. Um, one particular favorite, but we do play a few to be fair. Yeah. I think we should save that special one. For yeah. Last. We'll save it. We're, we'll explain it last. We do play. It's going to take a good bit of 30 minutes. Podcast. <laughs> I do think one that we play a good bit of is Uno, and I'd like to Those mention cards, Uno is a card game. Yeah, same thing. Yeah, there's no boards in well, Uno. Anyways, anyway, I, I'd like to mention. You don't have Uno. <laughs> I'd <laughs> like to. It came with your Xbox. I'd like to I mention don't have that an at Xbox. one point, it was me, Trace, and Matt. Correct. Sure. And and Justin and Justin, we all played a board a uh, game of. Uno, that last one singular game of Uno that lasted for an hour and a half. Easy. And it was horrendous. Who ended up winning? I, I, I don't know. I can was it me? That. I think so. I, I was my, my family and I, we went on a family vacation. By my family, I mean my what household, the household of every sibling of my mom, her parents, and some even more extended family were all on one vacation. And we discovered there is definitely a cap on how many players can play Uno at once. Because <laughs> our Uno game was 13 people, and it lasted six hours. Because the elderly people just sort of stopped paying attention for a while, like every now and then, because that, that's a long time to do one thing. Mm -hmm. But uh, enough of us were competitive enough where we did end up finally finishing things. But yeah, that's the longest game of Uno I've ever played, and I never want to play that much again. <laughs> I didn't play Uno for a good six months after that, like consciously. <clears throat> nice. Yeah, I mean, some of the run of the mill board games like Monopoly, Life, Clue, some other ones. Remember when we were at Cabin and we played Monopoly until like 6 30 in the morning? Yeah, I remember that. And you cheated me out of my house and belongings. I always get too bored to finish a game of Monopoly. Like, yeah. for real, whenever we play Monopoly, I'll genuinely play for, like, like an hour, hour and a half, and then after that, I just get bored, and I just start throwing money at people. I'm like, hey, Matt, will you take all of my properties and all of my money um, for a dollar so that we can stop? I'm impatient. I think that's called embezzlement. I have a lucky dollar. Monopoly. That is true. The one that I wrote Jake's lucky dollar on, or somebody did. It might not have been. 
What if I get it? Then you have to give it to me. That's the rules. I won't. Then you, you lose. You just have to wait for an hour and a half until I get bored. <laughs> so, shall we talk about the board game? The board game. Let's go. The board game, indeed. The board game. Betrayal at House on the Hill. It's a big one. We've played this game many, many times. And we still have not played all of it. (laughs) Despite trying. Despite trying. There are 50 distinct endings that you can get. And an expansion pack. And an expansion pack. And each of those endings can end in multiple ways, too. That is true. Depending on who wins. It's basically kind of like a tabletop RPG. Yeah. Yes. So there's technically 100 endings if you count the survivors and the traders ending separately with an, with an additional surplus of 50 including the expansion pack which will make 100 again for trader survivors 200 endings if you get the expansion pack yeah it's crazy but uh matthew you want to explain how the game works yeah i can so we've been playing this game fairly consistency for probably four years consistency you want to say that line again We've been playing this game pretty consistently for about four years. We'll cut that. For how long? (laughs) About four years. Consistently? Consistency. (laughs) Uh, That's not very consistent of you. Is it viscous? No. It's vicious. And then... Voluptuous? So the game starts, there are three pieces. There's the upper landing, which is like a little square tile of cardboard. There's the basement landing, which is a similar square tile of cardboard. And then there's a bigger one, which is like three tiles connected. And that's like the front door, the foyer, and the stairs to upstairs. So each character has four stats. They have might, speed, knowledge, and sanity. And each of them make the game work a little bit different. So your speed, you can move that many squares through doors. And once you're out of speed, your turn's over. Or there's three different room types. There's omens, events, and items. And when you discover a new room, it can have one of those three symbols on it, which might end your turn. Because if it's an event, you draw an event card and read the event and do the event. And then your turn ends. If it's an omen, you draw the omen. It's it's like an item. It gives you buffs or debuffs. And your turn ends. Or if it's an item... You just draw a regular item, and you keep going. I would like to state real quick, this may sound like a very detailed explanation of the game, but it is summarizing, because this is a very detailed game. Yeah, this is summarizing, which is surprising. All of the rooms are random, because you have a a similar stack to the three starting pieces of cardboard squares, and you will draw a random one that corresponds to the floor that you are currently on after they've been shuffled and all that. So it's a different house every time. Yeah. So, uh, and the game has essentially two parts. There's the beginning part where everyone's working together, discovering all the rooms in the house. And whenever you get a room with an omen, you roll six dice. Each of the dice are numbered. They have two blank sides with one and two sides with two. So you can roll a zero to a 12 on the haunt roll. There's eight dice in total, but you only roll six. And if you roll equal to or more than the number of omens that have been revealed, then you just keep playing the game as normal. And if not, if you roll less than the number of omens that have been revealed, then the second half of the game starts, which is the haunt. And the haunt is determined by what the omen you drew was and what room you discovered it in. And there's a whole page in the, was it the survival guide or the The trader's tome? The trader's tomb. Tome. Tome. T-O-M-E. I thought it was a B. No. no. The Trader's Tome. That's a book. <laughs> the Trader's Tome. And it has like all the omens listed out and all the rooms listed out that you can discover omens in. And there's a chart. And when you find the connecting point between the omen and the room, it will tell you a number. And you that's the hot number you start. And it's 50 completely different endings. What are some examples? There's and before you go on, the haunts. Whenever you see which number it is, it also tells you which player is randomly the traitor. 
like some haunts will be a specific character since all the characters have names. Some haunts will be whichever character currently has the highest in this stat. And most of the haunts will be either whoever picked up the omen and revealed the haunt or the person to their left. But there's one ending where a dragon just bursts into the room. You have to get like armor and shield and all that. You have to kill it. What's another one? There's one where they make you tiny. The trader does, and there's cats hunting you, and you have to get a toy airplane and start it up and escape out the window. Basically, honey, I shrunk the kids. That one. Yeah. And there's some that have no trader. Like, there's one where a giant bird picks up the house and just starts flying away with it. And there's only a certain number of parachutes in the house, and only certain rooms that you can jump out of the house in. I won that one. Yeah. Because when we played that one, uh, it, it was me and Jake and Trace playing. No, it was me, Justin, and Trace playing. And uh, Trace, me and Justin did not have a lot of speed. And Trace was in the upstairs all by himself. And the room he was in was both a room that a parachute could be in and a room you could jump out of the house in. And it was his turn. So he made his turn, got the parachute. Me and Justin tried to get to him. And then on his next turn, he left the house and won. And then there's another one with no traders. Uh, it's a treasure hunt where you just go around the house looking for lost treasures and whoever finds the most wins, I think. I don't think we've ever played that one. There's another one that I don't particularly enjoy um, because the trader's always outnumbered because it's always just one guy. Um, and there's one where uh, it's like Saw and every player magically has a um, collar. collar around their neck that will explode and kill them. And... The trader gets absolutely no benefits. It's just luck whether or not the caller kills them. And the worst part is um, you have a caller as well, and you have to make a roll. And if your roll fails, then everybody knows that you're the trader. Then they- yeah. So there's no benefit. Like, I don't know. I don't like that one because the trader's essentially hopeless because it's not horribly difficult to get out of the caller because normally by the time the haunts are revealed, most of the rooms have been explored. So all the rooms where there's a possibility for a key are already there, and everybody just goes and gets a key and wins. Unless I'm the haunt revealer, then the haunt is very early game. I'm very poor at rolling the haunt and not revealing it. You know what another good ending was? Hmm. The one where we all had voodoo dolls. I liked that one. Yeah, yes. and each voodoo doll had a different thing going on. It was made out of different... Mm-hmm. And on was it on your turn every time you rolled, and it was a different thing that caused you to die. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I gave Justin the most bullcrap one because he volunteered. I was the traitor for that one. And I said, who wants the most bullcrap death? And Justin was like, I do. So I gave him one where it most of them were stat rolls. So you had to roll a certain, certain stat. And if you rolled higher than a certain number, um, you didn't take damage. And if you lost, you took a little bit of damage. Um, but that one was not a stat roll. It was just a flat roll. And if you rolled less than the number of turns that had passed since you got the voodoo doll, you instantly die. It was pretty dumb. And how many dice was he able to roll? It was like four dice. Yeah. So at most, he would survive eight turns. That's if he rolled perfectly every time, he would survive eight turns. If he that rolled was, perfectly on the last one, at least. That was single handedly the most stressful game that I had ever played. Yeah, Ryan got saved last and was panicking the whole time. There was a lot of yelling my, involved. Yeah, my, my, my idea thing. was we already saved enough people to win. So I was like, Ryan, heal yourself and we win. Yeah, most of the um, survivor victories are based on a percentage because it's pretty difficult when in large numbers to um, for the trader to kill everyone. So for the most part, it's just like kill most of them and you win. So like the survivors for that one, since there was a full table of six people, um, needed three people to survive. So the trader only had to kill three, and I did not manage to do so, but I was close. I killed two, and Ryan was very close to death. Yeah, my whole thing was my voodoo doll was burning up somewhere, and we had literally checked the kitchen, the furnace room, literally anything that had... You actually did not check the kitchen. That was the funny part. Yeah, the kitchen was... That was in, and I'm like, really? It might be in the kitchen. We all somehow 
we all somehow collectively thought we checked the kitchen just because we agreed to do it and then never did it. And I never corrected them. We were Obviously. so convinced that it was in the furnace. Yeah, because that made the most sense. And we spent like 10 turns trying to get to it, only for it to not be there. Yeah. Another rule I'm bad at, I had to get through a room where I had to a certain stat or I couldn't move. And I did not move for the majority of the game after that started. Okay, so that's betrayal. <laughs> Sounds a lot more complicated <laughs> than it is. Once it's you a get, lot of fun. Yeah, once you get the hang of it, it's probably the best board game out there. Yeah, once you're one or two games in, it's cake. Yeah. Understanding it is cake. Mechanics-wise. Winning it is not cake. <laughs> well, what are your some of your guys' favorite movies and TV shows? Avengers Endgame. I still know I all always go back first. So does everybody. <laughs> <laughs> no one that has ever watched the first Toy Story with me before will ever watch it with me again because I know all the lines and I say them whether I mean to or not. Same, but with Shrek. I know all the words to the first Shrek movie. You're like Will Smith from uh, I Am Legend. Yeah, that's also a really good movie. Another movie where the dog told spoiler. See, <laughs> first of all, book so much better. Imagine reading. Yeah. I mean, I haven't done it since I was like nine, but I read it twice when I was eight. <laughs> but okay. Shrek, real quick. Cinema masterpiece. Soundtrack, um, amazing. Yeah. Shrek 2, just as good. After that, DreamWorks kind of gave up. They're just sad. There are only two Shrek. Shrek Forever After. I don't want to hear trash on that one. <laughs> It's okay. The perfect ending to a trilogy that should have been a trilogy. <laughs> it is a trilogy. What do you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's why it's not called Shrek 4. <laughs> Ever after. <laughs> okay. Have any of you seen Soul or Onward? I've seen Onward. It is a I've fantastic movie. Onward's the one where their dad's only half? Yeah. 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 yeah, I've seen that. Which one. is half more of a dad than I. <laughs> so I'm right there, halfway point, emotional attachment to that movie. Tom Holland and Chris Pratt as brothers. Excellent. Excellent choice. They played their parts so well. That is a most. It is one of the three Pixar movies that have made me teary-eyed at the end. Very few movies have made me actually cry, but they got me teary-eyed. Back to Soul. <laughs> None of you have seen Soul. I've been no. meaning to, but I have. Um... It, yeah, I saw Soul. Was it not so good? I thought it was pretty good. Like, it's definitely not the best Pixar movie out there, but... Not saying best, but saying it's so good. Onward's still the best in my book, but Soul... I don't know what Ryan has to say, and he's already lost my... Caringness. Um, Soul... <laughs> just something about, like, the whole exploration of... Was your life meaningful? Just to go on this grand adventure to come to the realization that life is as meaningful as you make it. And just the little fun moments that you have, the happiness you feel, is what makes it meaningful and not some great big accomplishment. Loved it. Struck a chord in my Walmart service desk living life. <laughs> now I just focus on the five minutes after I have a day. I'm golden. Life accomplished. Yeah. Kill me now. Well, that'd be illegal. Only if you get caught. <laughs> yeah, but if he oh, dies, he still survives. Favorite movies? My favorite movies? Yeah. Um, I don't know. As far as like Pixar goes, I have a really soft spot for Wally, and I think it was because I went and saw it uh, on my birthday one year. I I think it actually came out on my birthday one year. Um, but as far as like other movies, I really like Forrest Gump. I've never seen Forrest Gump in its entirety. It's good. It's it's really good. I, I gotta admit, the ending got a little emotional. I've only seen the ending. <laughs> Just like to say, you got emotional during the end of Forrest. Gump and did not feel anything during Soul 
your emotions are backwards, <laughs> and you need medical help. I'd like to say regarding Forrest Gump, I've never seen it in, in its entirety because I went the longest time without watching it. I went on vacation recently, and while we were on vacation, it happened to be playing in our room, but only the ending. So I saw Forrest um, with a very large beard and then saw him um, find out that he was a dad. And then the movie restarted and I watched like the first five minutes and then we went to go do other stuff. So I've seen the ending of Forrest Gump and then I watched the first five minutes and I haven't seen anything else. <laughs> I just, That's actually the correct viewing order. Forrest Gump. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> My biggest thing with Forrest Gump is the most famous line that everybody thinks is so deep and meaningful. Jenna. Yeah, that one. <laughs> like the chocolates, you never know what you're going to get. I did see that part. You're going to get chocolates. <laughs> and if he's talking about like what's inside caramel, whatever, it's labeled on the back of the chocolate box. 99 It was a different time. 1970s. <laughs> My biggest thing was I was watching the ending. There's a feather. Is the feather important or something? And then the movie started again, and there was a feather. And I was like, ah, okay. It was like a theme thing or something. <laughs> I gotta say, analyst ever. Oh, it was like a theme thing or something. <laughs> um, my, my biggest complaint, my biggest complaint with Forrest Gump, um, all of it. I agree. They made Bubba Gumps to be better than what it actually is. Like the real life food chain. Yeah, I, you, I've been there once. You, which, the the worst one. Which one is it that you're saying is worse? There was a sentence somewhere. Um, I'm saying that the movie made bubble uh, made bubble gumps sound better than what it actually is. Okay, I've never actually eaten out of bubble gumps. It's less than okay. I haven't either. I've been there once. I found my dad drunk in one before. <laughs> we were in Gatlinburg. Well, at least you found them. That, that's that's the one that I ate. The one right next to the moonshine place. Yeah, and the like. Uh, the strip thing. Or he also found his dad drunk. What a coincidence. <laughs> yeah, there's a moonshine distillery right next to the Bubba Gumps in Gatlinburg, mm -hmm. and they're like, here, you can do a light of moonshine shots, which is 14 <laughs> for, like, $15. And my parents were like, yeah. You know, one in the room. So anyway, quick interjection. Um, I forgot to mention this because I got on my little Pixar kick, but American Beauty. Anybody seen that? Nope. Uncultured. Nope. <laughs> so, starring Kevin Spacey before he was bad, um, it's basically this movie about this guy going through a midlife crisis. And, like, midlife crisis, you think, new car, new haircut, dress differently, something, something mild that gets you out of your zone. By the Batman statue. Yeah, so Kevin, Kevin Spacey's character just wakes up one morning goes to this, like, school thing and sees his daughter's friend, teenage daughter's friend, and is like, I'm gonna fuck that. So then he starts working out, trying to make himself attractive. Um, this and that, etc. Um, his wife's doing her own thing. There's a lot of B and C stories in this, but the main story with Kevin Spacey, he gets absolutely ripped he um gets the the daughter's friends over and he's about to engage in sexual activity with her and then she's like i'm a virgin and he just snaps out of it he's like what am i doing i don't want to do this i have a wife and i'm happy he goes to the garage um quick b story note um his son no his this kid was selling him drugs. Just some kid. I think it was his neighbor or something. It's been years. Um, selling him drugs. And his... That kid's father, who's very strict, very um, old-fashioned, sees through the window of his, his son going over to Kevin Spacey's house. I don't remember the character's name. It's Kevin Spacey. And through the window and how the window panes were perfectly concealing, as the kid got on his knees on the coffee, t not on the coffee table, in front of the coffee table to like get the cocaine ready or whatever he's. Um, Kevin Spacey sits on the couch, puts his arm back and relax, and the pain is perfectly covering 
So his, the kid's father thinks he's giving Kevin Spacey the old, you know, sloppy toppy. And he punishes him for being gay just to, and back to the garage scene, come over in the pouring rain and ki- kiss Kevin Spacey on the mouth. Oh. Because he's apparently been closet gay his entire life, and that's why he punishes his son for gay stuff. Naturally. Yeah. And then after that, Kevin Spacey sits down, just looks at a picture of his family or whatever. He's like, my life's not so bad. I need to enjoy what I have. Spoiler alert. And then a gun comes in frame and shoots him in the head, and the movie's over. Oh, yeah, it's... Okay. What a roller coaster. It's really good. Wow. Where'd the gun come from? Uh, I think it was his wife that ended up shooting him. They had it set up where, like, so many people were going to shoot him. Like, the kid's dad was going to shoot him for getting head from his son. But he kissed him. Yeah, that's when it revealed that it wasn't going to be him. Yeah. Um, The kid, like, his daughter was going to kill him so she could run away and be with her boyfriend. Couldn't she do that anyways? Yeah. She specifically wanted to kill her dad for some reason. I Like I said, details blurry, been years. But it, I think it ended up being the wife who killed him. For not cheating on him? Well, I mean, he tried to cheat on her. Oh, that's the best part. After he started behaving differently, working out and all that, she was like, something's fishy. He's up to something. So I'm going to sleep with this one rich dude. (laughs) Naturally. Yeah, so they almost cheated on each other, but he backed out. She did not. He actually caught her when he they went through drive-thru, and he was working the drive-thru. And he was just like, how are you doing? Here's your food. Caught you. And (laughs) she was like, well, my life's over. He's going to leave. React poorly at all. He was just like, I caught you doing this. I'm not happy about it. Here's your... But she is like, oh no, my life's over. He's going to leave me. I have to kill him. (laughs) That'll make my life continue as normal. Gotta get that insurance money. But didn't she know that he's working there? Oh no, there was something happened. He like started working there for some reason, lost his job or just did it for funsies. It's, It's a weird movie. It's named after the American Beauty Flower, which there's a famous scene of the friend's, the daughter's friend in a bathtub covered in American Beauties. That's like the cover art on the VHS box. It's like a double VHX. VHX. VHS is such a long movie. Um, highly recommend, though. Back to Kevin Spacey's glory days before, you know. Thanks. Yeah. Um, anyway. What movies do you like, Matthew? I enjoy most movies, as long as they don't suck. End of story, okay. It's not a big movie. (laughs) My favorite movie is The Labyrinth, with Jennifer Connelly and David Bowie. It is very nice. Essentially, Jennifer plays this one teenage girl who's like, damn, my baby stepbrother sucks. Uh, Here, Goblin King, have him, take him. I don't want him anymore. And then the Goblin King, played by David Bowie, goes, oh, real shit, and then takes him. And then she says, wait, no, never mind, I take it back. And then he says, uh, too bad. So then she has to do a labyrinth in 13 hours to get him back. And she meets some wacky friends along the way. And ends up succeeding. Spoiler alert. (laughs) Well, great, now I'm not going to watch it. (laughs) So sorry, it's like a 95-year-old movie. It's only like 40 years old. It's past the two week benchmark. Yeah. <laughs> Any movie that's been out and easily accessible for two weeks or more, the spoilers are now on the person that has not seen it. I would say two weeks after it's on DVD because I don't, I don't have that movie ticket money. That's easily accessible as DVD. Yes. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Whenever it becomes the most accessible. Yeah. Some people. I can... would say six months after its release date. Which has usually been on DVD for a little bit. I, I, I go with that. Unless you're talking about The Martian with Matt Damon that was somehow in theaters for like freaking four months. I've never seen that movie. That's pretty good. Spoiler alert, alert, Matt Damon goes to Mars. Oh no. <laughs> All by himself. Doesn't he like grow potatoes with his poop? Not his poop. Yes. A collective poop. It's mostly his after he runs out of the others. Potentially. The others poops. I can't help but feel like that probably wouldn't be sustainable. It with would only be. One man there was a video made on. Yeah, only one man. We watched it in Miss Baldwin's. 
I don't remember that. I remember that. It is scientifically sound that you could live off of just potatoes. And Vicodin. And Vicodin. (laughs) That is purely (laughs) fertilized by the waste produced by you eating the potatoes. Isn't that basically what the Irish was doing? That's why the... Yeah, and then they ran out of potatoes. Yeah, that's why it hit them so hard. (laughs) No, the actual plot of The Martian is Matt Damon actually transforms into Marvin the Martian and the whole movie is basically a prequel to Space Jam. He transforms <laughs> into Mars. Yep. And is a prequel to Guardians Volume 2. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, that's been our two cents for the day. Thanks for tuning in. This has been Jaboy. Make sure to follow us on Facebook at It's Jaboy Here. Instagram, It's Jaboy Here. You can give us money on Patreon. We are Jaboy. If you have Reddit, we have a page. You slash It's Jaboy Here. Spotify is Jaboy. We have a TikTok it, at It's Jaboy Here 5. Twitch at It's Jaboy Here 5. Twitter at It's Jaboy Here. YouTube, Jaboy. And that's about it. Feel free to go back and watch our first episode, now available on Spotify and YouTube. Titled Not Sponsored. And we'll see you on the next one. Peace out. See ya. Bye. Yeah, I'm actually dead right now.